Every day, you make decisions that affect you and the people you care about. So do your elected officials. That's why elections are so important, because you are picking the leaders who will make choices that directly impact you and your community. Vote411.org is your tool for accurate and unbiased election information, whether you're registering to vote or learning more about your local candidates. Your vote is your megaphone. Use it to pick the leaders you trust. Get online, get the facts, and make your voice heard on Election Day. Moving forward. How's it, Sam? Good morning. Good to hear you. Good to hear you too, brother. Good to hear you too, man. Like cra- crazy, crazy summer. Good to catch up with you finally. Wow, yeah, man. I'm fired up. Good. Good to hear you. Look, I mean, you're looking busy. Like I, you know, I, at first I like I was like, okay, do I try to make everybody's events but then it was like i have real work to do and then this and then if i show up at one person's am i showing favoritism or am i giving correct coverage so then it was like i'm just gonna call everybody again and hope that i can get back to them and i am so glad that we got the time together because i think that you have such a unique point of view in your campaign i mean you do share a lot with other candidates that you align with but you have such a younger perspective than everyone else and i think that that's really important for those of us like i mean even the the under 40s because it's quite a quite a a, an understatement to say younger candidate in a lot of cases because i think outside of you and jordan hawker i believe i think i think most of the candidates are really like more towards uh kapunas of a certain age you know what i'm saying yeah, me and Jordan was on the same cohort at the Kuliana Academy. Right on. Right on. So, all right. So much to unpack, and I know you've got a lot to talk about. So let's let's start with like let's let's catch up. Since last we talked here, like how did the primaries treat you? What did you learn? Where 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 are we going from here? Yeah, so we'll just straight shoot it. Hey. Before the primaries, let's start before the primaries. I had an amalgam poisoning pop up. It came from my mercury fillings that I had when I was 13. So 20 years ago, it affected my digestive immune system. It was like corroding my skin. So my skin was leaking. I had toxicity in my kidney. I was having memory losses. And I had like increased protein in my urine, which was really weird because I've never had that before, which also made me think of so I'm going to correlate this story of my amalgam healing to what I learned in politics before the primaries. It made me think of that story on Waimea where they're doing that um, a pesticide and GMO bill um, by Gary Hooser guys. Like, I think it was Bill 2491. Mm-hmm. It was like these side effects were happening because of the materials that was being inputted. So I had amalgam input into my mouth and it reminded me of Waimea. They had pesticides being input into the land, which was causing abnormal, like, organ growth out of people. But anyways, I just gotten a whole deeper compassion for the people of this island and what we're going through. I'm just so blown away by every single candidate, as even the people involved, of the things we know now. It's just mind-blowing. The least person in this political race, I feel like, is saying the most cutting-edge things. And it makes sense because... Hawaii is like the lighthouse for the nations. We're in the middle of the Pacific. 
Pacific Ocean touches every part, every continent in the world besides Africa. So it makes sense. We're receiving all of that DNA. We're receiving all of that vibrancy. And what do we do with that? You know. So I thought a lot about that lately. And I thought about it in the terms of my healing with my amalgam in my mouth and the healing that's happening on the Aina, especially when politics and um, culture gets involved. I was thinking about principles and paradigms. I know we talked about that the last time I was here. What's the upcoming principle or the changing paradigm? And I think people are on it. It's just the terminology is a little off. And maybe I have this one thing I want to hear your thoughts. I was thinking about the principle or the material of, let's say, a carpenter. I build houses throughout the week. So wood. There's a time period when all we had was wood. We could build frames. We could build houses, log cabins. You know, that was the material of wood. But then something came along, and it was like stone. Then we could build rock walls. Then we could crush it and make cement. There's a different material. There's a different principle that was involved. So there's an expansion in ideas on what you could do and not do. And after cement, you realize we could put metal in there.、Um, aluminum came in. Then we started doing skyscrapers, so expanded our conscious awareness of what we could do. New paradigm, new principle, new building material, and now we have carbon and so on and so forth. And all that to say is, I think people are doing the best with what principles and the possibilities they have of what they know. And part of this political conscious awareness, I call it. Maybe our expanding internal, external、uh, awareness of natural environment and ourselves—we're moving that way. You know, we talk about the innate. All our body needs to do to heal is just stop putting poison in it. And I think that's what's happening in Hawaii today. We're cutting out all the extras, and we're being distilled. So I think it's in the still moment, especially after COVID. The past few years, we've all been still. We've had time to breathe, time to reflect. And I think this moment is a time of blessing because this is going to launch us forward into the new principle, and for us to be all on track with that. But that's one thing I was thinking before the primaries happen: is this idea of new materials, new principles equals、uh, new movements and new progression and different ways of doing things. And I. No people want that, but we are all growing together. Yes, yeah, I I, I see your point on that. I I feel that、uh, you know we we've kind of reached a, a point of、uh, conflict in the way that that Western culture operates with progression as of late, though, because there there's that that that's that opposition, and whether it's a visual and verbal one from those. You know, against it, or it's the triggers that we still maintain from the age before. You know, it's the like, oh, let's if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? You know, but then like in our mind, we're like, it's broken, but out loud, we're like, hey, it's not broken enough for me to deal with it. So we're like, we we see this whether it's you know as simple as like trying to go from gas cars to EVs or trying to you know bring up minimum wage, you know, so like. I I feel that like we are on the verge of of just breaking through the most anxious part of that membrane before you get to release, and that、yeah. people just need to start like dipping their toe in the water or just like you know what like I I get this and I know it's important but maybe maybe I should just let the tide take me and realize I can swim in it. Yeah, well, what you said. Is what I call when the practice becomes a prison, and we all notice. In for me, in religious terms, 
as the Pharisees persecuted the upcoming of what was happening when Jesus' time. I think about on Maui, we had Monsanto not too long ago. They had a great practice, but they became bound by the um, agreements and conditions that they were set by. And they were just digging their heel in the ground all the way until the time um, they were violating environmental laws. And they got, you know, they agreed to pay the fine, whatever it was, six million or something. And it's because they were stuck and there was no fluidity. And I think we're going from the time of, I guess, one age where it's um, very grounded, very dualistic. The Pisces age is what I talked about last time. It's about... um, opposite directions, dualism, you have the two fish, the yin and yang, into the Aquarius age where it's more momentum and it's about freedom and spirit and all of these ideas and thoughts and innovation. That's what makes me excited about this time period is because you can see the shift in how people are talking. You can see the different polarities. When people think it's dualism, like it's this or that, you hear it in a lot of the politics, like, or used to, like, that party or that party or this idea or that idea, we're realizing it's the same wavelength. It's just on total opposite ends. And what I hear in the conversations, what people would call contradictory to me is people fluctuating between the different polarities, gathering the information until the information is um, tangible, is crystallized within the person, the embodied person who's saying these things. And that's what I'm hearing in our talks. And as I was sharing in my campaign, I saw myself bouncing between um, this side and that side until I started weaving them. And all of a sudden, those two dualistic thoughts, actually, I saw where the wave function was, where it could go left or right, according to what was needed at that time. And talking with more people, um, I see that it's, that's why I'm excited. Dig it, man. Like, I, I gotta say that, like, this is probably the most, like, like, uh, you know, people psychology I've gotten from a candidate, and I appreciate this, and, like, and even just, like, your, cause your perspective is, is so, like, I, I fully understand where you come from, yet we see, we see it through a different lens. And so, like, in comprehending what you throw down, brother, like, I, I I do see how how much of like a precious moment we're we're on the verge on because pe- people are so close to to being able to take it, and so with that like in relation to you know other things you've expressed and you'd like to move into um you know what what do we do in, in finding that 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 information that that going left or right moment watching that click in 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 that person's head or relating that to us like that that information like in, in such an age that we're in just mm-hmm. inundated with everything you know i feel that like hawaii's been like as a whole not just maui has been an interesting like social canary in like the american coal mine because it's it's rural politics and then it's isolated but then it has so much visitor politics that like mm-hmm. it's it's its own it's its own weird environment and and i and i feel that like that that sway in that conversation <laughs> kind of enables us into a more median range to be able to do that flip and forth but like what 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 do you take from like this the information age in politics and this with with what you've learned from your your constituency 
Now, that's a great question. One of the things we hear today is there's so much information flying around. So much. And I think that's the point of it. It's, it goes really back to our human design. And I know this is a political discussion, but when someone is in the human design, the, the paradox is the external world frees itself to continuous driving force. So I, I really stick to the hermeneutic principles. And one of them is like all is mental. So if we think about how everything is mental, how everything has a vibration, everything is in harmony and has a song that's playing. I think human progress and development is the bullseye. If it's not towards human progress and development and consciousness, then it's a way to that. I think all the information is so that it, we live in Hawaii, like you said, Aloha spirit, the spirit of Aloha, of inclusiveness, mm -hmm. of guessing of representation is giving everybody a chance no matter where they are on their human design on their tendencies on their thoughts on their emotions and emotions are by the way just ways to feel out the um the the mental plane or the emotional plane um where was i going with that i think it's giving everyone a chance to move forward in progression because we are in the most heavily militarized zone the biggest um, GMO zone, biggest chemical zone. We got all the big corporations and players here. And I think instead of fighting or flighting or freezing, one of the things we can do is show them what aloha truly means. And I, I love that you track with me. I feel this kindred spirit with you. But one of the people I want to highlight, I went to, I don't know how much campaigns and how much events, but Robin Knox, like yeah. she the data she's like science she's the engineer she has the empirical points yeah and if you want to know that stuff there's i say robin because robin i feel like is my my twin but on the flip side of the spectrum i'm yeah. on this very conceptual knowledge and when i talk with her and i hear her i feel like i know exactly what you're saying even though my mind doesn't understand and i think the last point and i want to hear you on this it's about this covenant that there's this mutual kindred spirit thing that's happening because it's all based on relationship you'll hear this with whoever's talking hawaii is all about relationships absolutely and in a family even though you're going to argue you're going to fight you're not going to sue your parents you know this ain't somewhere else but you're going to have that dialogue and one of the things that's exciting is there's this open communication and this um this open airway that's happening while information is flying around for people to get on track. So get on track. That would be the more, um, I guess, thing I have to say to that. Right on. But so, like, in, in aligning with everyone, because I think that, like, a discussion that really needs to come out more, especially for, like, I think Oahu, to a degree, has this safety zone of being so large that if real partisan politics was activated rather than the one-sidedness that it sits, that it could probably be functional. But I think because of like how small all of us other islands are and how much it takes to make a cooperative infrastructure in a society, I, I feel that there's, there's finally this like internal revolution going on of recognizing how, how nonpartisan we have to be and start thinking about each other as neighbors rather than you know, political opponents or, or just even like people on the battlefield that aren't ex essentially on the same side as us. Yeah. 
Um, one of the ways I frame this in my mind is the difference between a covenant and a contract. You know, a covenant, there's a relationship involved. There's skin in the game. There's this deep values and trust and relationship that's being built on. And Hawaii is full of covenants because of our history of the different cultural groups, different ethnicities, different backgrounds happening. And just like anything else, covenants can be broken, which it hits you more on a relational, personal level. And whereas the opposite, or maybe the other side of that is the contracts. And contracts are almost really logical, very masculine, patriarchal. Um, it doesn't have any emotion involved. It's very numbers-based. And now it's just a clash of personalities. That's where the sensitivity, the stepping on eggshells, and that's where um, vulnerability and transparency needs to happen. And who's going to give? You know, I remember I went to this one talk in Wailuku, and it was a different candidate, another candidate thing. And Bison was up there, and he was saying something like, in this election, it's not who to vote for, it's who can you trust? And we know in Hawaii, everybody is related to everybody. Like, are you going to trust one auntie over one uncle or, or yeah, what? Yeah, no, I get you on that. It almost, it really, it really strikes the note at like Thanksgiving table politics at that point. So like, it kind of feels that like, if we're not getting plantation politics, we're getting like fight in the kitchen politics. <laughs> That is good. If it's not plantation politics, it's domestic violence. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I thought we was cool, bro. I've been your uncle for like forever, so I don't want to vote. Yeah, I mean, you'll see this, you know, in in a public persona thing. Of course, people are gonna put that on for the societal role, and then they'll go home, talk out, and Rohana. And I think that's the difference here, and I think that's what makes uh, Hawaii unique. It's very personal and very relational. But now, like, what, how do you separate that? You know, where do you bring clarity and compassion? And that's maybe where the discussion is, and that's where we need accountability. And one of the things I like to read is the Hawaii Free Press. I don't know if you subscribe to them. They're just a newspaper that cranks out all the articles into one spot. I, do, I, I actually I, I pay attention to every every uh, paper and every aggregator in, in Hawaii since there aren't that many so I gotta keep gotta keep track of everybody else. But yes, go on. Yeah, Hawaii Free Press um, is a great way to is what I use to just take a take a look. Let me just read some of the titles. Hawaii Free Press. This is today. GE taxes takes two hundred million bite of healthcare. Next one. Hawaii's biggest barrier to more housing is politics. Another one, fake it to make it. The whole DOE gets shut down and test scores don't drop. Another last one, um, Iona and Tupai administration would not support a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. And so this is the point of that. In the general public, there's going to be triggers, and a lot of these headlines are triggering and almost divisive until you start digging deeper. And part of the Ho'oponopono we're saying in Hawaii is everybody gets to stay and there's restoration and um, restoration and relationship involved with that. And a lot of the thing that I saw leave during my um, time campaigning is people attacking each other and really focusing on the issues. So the main point that I'm excited about this coming election is the charters and amendments. And yes. the charters and amendments 
bypass i feel like a lot of the partisan politics and it really brings it and hones it back yes. into the I I really think that as we drive, no matter what happens at the polls in November, as we drive into January with all the next level legislation and, and calling on the public to come up and testify and participate in that, like, I think that there is so much that is helping dissipate all the unnecessary hyperbole and jargon. Because mm. if there's anything that I love about coming back home is how secretly bureaucratic we all are. <laughs> it's just like it's in us. So like there's this there's this like it's this switch that like when we gotta handle business, we put aside all of the silly stuff. And I think that that's what's kind of like made Hawaii seem that it like had always been like Democrat or something. It was really just that like, those are the guys that showed up and the Hawaiians were like, that's the business. Cool. We're going to do the business. And then we just like, we created our own little striations inside of it. And that's where we see our idealizations and progressive differences and why like, you know, the, the, the progressive train is, is such a wide one in birth compared to uh, the more conservative politics of Hawaii. So like, I, <clears throat> I, I think that, that there's there's a lot of, of good on the horizon with this if if we can keep we can keep having these conversations. You know, I really think that like the next level thing, like I, I liked seeing a lot more of these these more talk story like engagement level get togethers from the more, you know, progressively like conversational you know, on both sides, candidates, the ones that actually sat down and cared to engage beyond the headline or just what was going to get them a fast handshake and a vote. And so I think that's resonating with everyone. I really think it is. And and I'm glad that you want to bring these up. So, like, please cut through these for us. Yeah. Well, before that, I think you brought up an interesting point in my district, Kaolui, um, the demographics is almost split. There's the uh, 40 to 60 year olds are make about half and the ones under 40 make about half. And now you're seeing a generational, a worldview, a generational mindset clash rather than a political clash. Yeah. Uh, this conservative versus progressive. It's, this is how things have been. And this is what's stable versus this is what's happening right now in the present with what we know in the context of globalization. Yeah. And we're trying to, and we're in the middle ground, and I really feel you on this, is because it's people like us who have compassion for both sides that want clarity, but we also need to have progression. Because if we don't progress as Hawaii people, um, you're going to get left behind with the rest of the world. In one sense, we're so behind that we're almost ahead, so we can make decisions learning from other people. And in one sense, we're still ahead because we didn't develop like the rest of the Western world did. And we have a time and chance to look at what has already been here, which is, you know, the laws of the land, which we talked about. So back to the Maui charters and amendments. I've been working with the Maui Pono Network. Paul and Bruce are great help there of getting videos out. So if you want to look and read and listen to them, go to MauiPonoNetwork.org or just and YouTube the charters and amendments. And the one that excites me the most is the second um, the second one there. And that one talks about culture. And I think about the Hawaii model, This can have a lot of translations, but for me, this really means that agency is already accomplished. 
that when Kaliki Aoli, Kamehameha III, said Ua Mao Ke Ea Oka Aina Ikapono on the steps of those church after British occupation, he understood that Hawaii has agency to take on the most superpowered, radical, military, political system in the world, which was British Britain at the time. And, you know, history repeats itself. Are we going to stand today and say the same thing? And I love that he said it on the steps of a church. The steps means progression to me. The church is one of the ways we've kept language. The Bible, Bible. And the foundation there is what, what we need to come into rather than fight. And what am I saying here? Back to the agency part, it's already accomplished. Is what my friend Keone would say. It's what Jesus said. It is finished. So, our agency is already accomplished. So, the next part of that, and the aina here is what sustains you. So, this is where it gets a little complex in people's ideas and what sustains you. Does material sustain you, or is there different layers of reality that's sustaining you? And that comes back to the mental principle that. Are you in tune and in harmony what's happening in the present moment of reality? Or are you disconnected? Just like our waterways, we're talking about the water here, our waters that have been disconnected and isolated are shoot-offs or runoffs. They're, they're um, being evaporated and are not being used for its maximal efficiency in the context of what it was designed. So if in our charters and amendments, voting yes on these things, especially the second one that I love, incorporating Hawaii culture into governance is going to be the biggest groundbreaker there is. It's going to be the pinnacle, I think, of what will transition Hawaii to being its model, to being sovereign, to having to practice agency, to being sustained by the natural environment and learning from the natural environment as well. And finally, ikapono. And pono has a lot of meanings there, but in this terms, I'm going to say pono is the relationship. You know, agency is already accomplished, and whatever sustains you is going to be within the context of relationship. It's going to be relationship with the heavens. It's going to be relationship with the earthly plane. It's going to be in relationship across the social sciences. It's going to be relationship to the things unseen and seen, as above, so below. And that's what's getting me excited, because I'm hearing that in so many different ways. And I think people want to say these things, but they haven't gotten the vocabulary or heard someone step out in it yet. So partnered with Hawaiian culture and our governance, I could see it similarly to Aotearoa, you know, our friends in New Zealand. They have a powerful cultural governance there that to me um, resonate, that I resonate with, that I feel like my purpose and calling is to be able to bring that and usher in that paradigm in Hawaii, to bring restoration and healing from all of the traumatic past and plantation, broken trust, broken relationships, um, broken covenants, so on and so forth. Right on. So then, like, you know, I, I have to say that, like, this is this is important that the this cultural integration occurs because, like, I mean, we have we we have like that resolution that states that we like we can present and do business in Alala Hawaii, but then as we've seen time and time again, there's tactics in which like those folks get railroaded by like misinterpreted rules, bylines, and blue laws, and so I think that like. Some people have have kind of looked at this as like, why are we, why are we doing this? We already have things like this. But then, like to the point of like being able to give that that proper representation to the matter, 
Like, I, th- I think Maui standing the ground on there sets a precedence for the rest of the state. And it really, it, it opens a way for, for us to, I, I really feel it's like one of our last chances of, of having like the people of Hawaii, like the Hawaiian kingdom to hold some kind of accountability to, to the Ooh. transition and having us to be a part of that new age of government. Wow. Yeah, you, you said a lot there. I know Dr. John Sai talks a lot about this, and his view is the point of the state of Hawaii or military occupation in Hawaii is so that the military can help Hawaiian Kingdom governance get to a point where it was before the occupation. And that's why legislation is so key, because what that means is we get a new group of legislators or the legislators put in have this mindset. And I just want to make one distinction here is that a lot of people feel that someone needs to tell them what to do. There's already people doing this, and we don't need, quote, unquote, a government to do this. But as far as the general public and for many others who need these kind of, um, what would I call, this permission, this is a great step forward because it's talking to the rest of the world that you don't have to play by somebody else's rules you can take responsibility you can take kuleana your ili take responsibility for ili which is your land section which means you also have skin in the game because that's what ili means that you can do this and i think the world wants us to do this and it's going to push hard to see how badly do you want to do this or do you want to remain an automatic pilot so a lot of the charters and amendments if you look at it, is placing the power back into the community members. The community members represented by different um, spheres of society, education, business, religious, governance, so on and so forth, so that there can be dialogue again, back to the logos, back to the dialogue, that we can take responsibility, Kuliana, for our places. And it starts off with our natural resources. Dig it. Like, and you know, I gotta say that like with, you know, what, what scares some of the voters easily is the, how much does this cost me on my bottom line or what happens to my taxes? But I think how very like little aware most of the constituency is of like how big the county budget is and then how Mm -hmm. much of it like disappears to the state on average. So, I mean, if we had more of this, we have the biggest county budget, um, in i don't know the state or the nation and a lot of this comes to do with our hotel industry we rank yep. in a lot of funds yeah and we're not or we're using that for other things that doesn't directly involve sustainable practices yeah no nail head like uh you know i i was talking to angus McKelvey about this the, the other day actually you know and it's and it's interesting to see because like in a state where like we we have every opportunity to be a breadbasket in the ocean, yet there's only one percent of the state's budget goes to ag. And it's mm, like, well yes. then fine, like Maui could pay for its own ag. Let's just like create an ag division then. Like stop waiting on the state. Like, you know, then like if 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 DLNR slow everywhere else, then like maybe a Maui version creates a better office or stronger office that can supplement other people because like we we have so much unattended tax money that just ends up disappearing or like in some cases like it goes into purgatory because like we set it up for things like trying to get like the ma'alaya land only to be like you know 
lost later because some dirty backroom deal occurs, and then we end up with money in escrow that can't go anywhere until the next budget. Let me talk to you that point right now, too. I remember when Monsanto had to do their plea agreement, and they had to pay like a $6 million thing. I wrote this down. There's only four Hawaiian agencies that received the money. You know, they, they did this on public lands, and they're supposed to use this money to go towards something sustainable and good for the land. But there's only four departments that got a lot of this money. And with what you're saying and why I said that is because we get these funds, but who is it going to? Where's the accountability? Oh, yeah. And I think that's why these charters and amendments have a diverse group of people that are able to ask those questions, hopefully for us. So that's the hope there. But right now, we don't have any hope for that. No transparency. Mm-hmm. And to find any kind of thing is like trying to find your taxes. The tax system is so complicated when it shouldn't be. And it's because they put it and systemized it in a way where funds can funnel in that way without us knowing. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, and I mean, and especially once it disappears into the contractor's hands, you know, I mean, why the, this is, this is why we've had such a long-term crony era era in, in Oahu and why it sneaks over to the Islay islands from time to time. You know, it just, we, <laughs> We're we're kind of at at like a how do I put this? It's I mean it's I mean is it is it a touch on our own moral compass right now? Is it like what what are we? Man, I mean I don't know what's what's your insight on on facing this head on? <laughs> you know I feel you because I'm speechless with words, but I feel my heart speaking to me. And that's the kind of koinonia, the spirit jumping that I'm feeling with people. And if you're hearing this and you feel those resonance with people, I think having that discussion is important. But my take on this is I, I forgot our main point of the question, but I think it's something what Hanani K. Trask said. And she, I watched this video and she was talking about how the pimp prostitutes Hawaii. And Hawaii is this metaphor for this beautiful lady that, foreigners come in and prostitute her out to the world. And it's a matter of mindset because mm-hmm. we, the people doing it don't really see it. They see it as contracts rather than covenant. And in a covenant, you wouldn't prostitute your wife. You would probably still do the same things, you know, make love, buy her things, give her money, but it's not a contract. And that's the difference between a bride and a prostitute. There's consent. And I think in Hawaii, the consent issue is is mixed up. I know Donald and Preza recently did a presentation, he always does, about the Mahele division lands. And I don't know how to explain that, but I think that's where it starts off. There's this confusion about the division of land that people are taking advantage of, and there's no consent, and there's no compromise, and it's contracted, and it's all these words that bring confusion rather than clarity. Mm. So how do we how do we keep our heads above water in this? How do we how do we keep moving? Like, what is your halftime speech for the apocalypse as we go into the next year? Like, how do we how do we keep this train running in a positive direction and we keep adding more more steam and more energy from the community? Yeah, I love that you said this, but don't get me uh, mixed up. When you say we. I said this in the last talk, we're still thinking in anthropocentric terms. We're still thinking us as humans who see 0.003% of the light spectrum, who barely have any clue what's going on in this external world, 
Like, how are we going to come up with the answers if we can't even fix ourselves? Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by partnership with, um, with the, the, the all, the mind, the source, humulipo, whatever you call it, there's something that's going on. So with that said, there's a design in every human being to be able to reach their full potential so that they can embody the change that needs to happen. If you continue to, you know, do all the unnatural things, if you continue to um, distort, misalign, um, compromise your bodily functions, if your body isn't turned down, you won't be able to receive the download. And that's what we see in a more global agenda is attack on what it means to be human. Because what happens if we can't be human, we won't be able to receive information because our body's just trying to survive. And that's what it means also to, to be a Kama Aina, a child of the land. Kama Aina. So I say this because we need to be Kama Aina. So we have to be Ma'a is the first word, familiar with. We need to recognize the patterns and frequencies of what's happening in the world. And two, our place that sustains us. So are we Ma'a to our Aina is the first thing. Because to be Ma'a to your Aina means you have to be present. You have to do the breath work. You have to have your body turned on. You have to be doing the prayer and meditation to get the download. And because then you surpass, you transcend your sense base, your monkey suit, your meat suit, your reptilian brain, whatever you call it. And you are able to expand bigger than yourself. But by first transcending and descending into yourself, you are able to ascend into the world as above, so below. I think we started off with that part. So my mid term speech here is guys know your identity know who you are because your design by the all has created you for this time and space just like the book is esther for this time and space for such a time as this and the time we're in like i said transitioning from the um, era of pisces the dualistic thinking the two fishes the yin and the yang the very heady masculine um, this or that knowledge to Aquarius, which is more light. It's it's the guy pouring the wealth, the water, the vi. How important is that today? He's pouring this wealth of information. And instead of this political conversation, we should be having a more etherical kind of conversation. And that's what gets me motivated as well is because these candidates just from five months ago are speaking this way. And if they're not speaking this way, you know they're trapped in the prison of their practice. Right on, brother. Wow. So, so much unpacked today. And, and I think that we have like, like a fine sense of you and, 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 and what to look forward to in the year to come. So with that, like, can we check back in in January after the holidays, after all the dust is settled and, and, and really, really begin the discussion of what happens after after that dust settles and and how we can still be working as a community no matter what yeah that's the goal and i love what you're doing you i've never seen this happen here in hawaii and you're cutting edge and you're navigating this va'a and you're breaking through new territory and that's what we need we just need more compassion and clarity and these open discussions absolutely like i i think that that the more that people realize that like we though we see though we see and interpret data in our own special ways like we're coming to all the same conclusions right now like that how how the world built us to receive 
and and codify that data and turn it into what we could give back is finally reaching a point to where we all know how to communicate in our separate languages together. And I think that that's, that's the universal thing to work towards is how do we, how do we continue to meld while diversifying? How do we transcend just the science and the spiritual at the same time? Cause those two, as they come together can even make something greater. Oh, totally agree. I mean, lately, you'll like this. Um, our body is transitioning from heavy elements, carbon, to crystalline. So they're looking at these um, crematories, what do you call it, where they burn the bodies, and they're seeing the different um, cremations, the clay. They're starting to find crystals in it. So we're moving from this heavy carbonized body to a more light crystal body in the most literal sense possible. And another thing that we can be aware of, and I know we have to end, is like in one thing that always trips me out is like we always like eating like eating the dirt, the earth, like being a person of the land. There are more microbes in a teaspoon of soil than are than there are people on earth. And to me, that's mind blowing. And that shows that we're we're really smaller than what we know is smaller than what's happening, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's we we we've just barely consumed a, a drop in the big picture of the cosmic design. So like there there's a lot to be to 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 be aware of and there's so much more to do with than what we've we've fractioned out existence to be about. Yeah, and to end, can I do like some kind of vote yes on these issues? Uh absolutely. Because somebody else besides me rambling for an hour like I did when I read those things <laughs> needs to happen on this show. <laughs> yeah, really simply, best group, thank you, uh, Bruce and Paul. Go to www.mauiponanetwork.org, and my bet is vote yes on all the charters and amendments. If you don't understand them, they have YouTube videos that they have experts within that field. Sometimes they're in it for 10, 20 if not all of their life, talking about these issues specifically. And they're non-biased, really excellent educational videos, and really well done. So check that out. I learned a lot, and it will give us terminology to grow and learn together. Awesome. Make sure to, you know what, just forward me those links, and I will put them in these show notes along with the PDF copy of the amendments so people can read along as they watch. Perfect. Will do. Right on, brother. So, anything to leave us with today before you go? No, just all you. Ha There's nothing to do. Just being present and understanding that your design is you're built for this time, this place, and this space. And as you continue to surrender, what's what's happening? It's gonna come to you. The more you strive, it's like going to sleep. It's harder when you try. Um, the main thing I would say is. Well, I have nothing. I think it just left me. So thank you, Kaviga. You have been inspiring a lot of candidates, and I am really grateful for you, and I love your podcast. I've been listening to it since I got it, so doing a great job. Mahalo. That, that means a lot. The, on the days where I feel like I'm either too tired or too crazy, like that means a lot, and I'm glad to contribute. And I look forward to catching up. And, brother, uh, I'll see you on the other side. All right. Aloha. Aloha. Hmm. <gasps>